0: the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Jeff McLaughlin. I probably said that all jumbled up, but it's McLaughlin. Uh, He's a professional speaker, coach, trainer, and facilitator. He has made almost 1000 paid speeches, and yes, there's a distinction for all you speakers out there. You gotta be paid, okay, to be a professional speaker. Uh, up to, to to almost one million individuals across North America. Now, as a coach, he believes deeply in the impact of powerful conversations. In addition, Jeff is the founder of Professionals at Play. You can find him at professionalsatplay.com, a training organization that specializes in growing highly productive teams through engaging and meaningful activities. He's going to talk more about that, what he means by that. His passion is to help people believe in themselves, believe in others, and take action to make their communities better than they thought they could be. Jeff lives in, I have no idea what the name of that town is, but he's in Idaho. He manages to make time for home remodeling, health and fitness, reading and spending time in the great outdoors with his amazing family. Again, you can find them at professionals at Jeff, welcome to your first 100k. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, the town is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I know Coeur It's a little French town. I don't know. Uh, I don't, we don't actually speak French, but we are in the mountains of upstate Idaho at the very top. So if you looked at the state of Idaho, we're about two hours south of the Canadian border. Gorgeous land, we call it Narnia because it's absolutely perfect. It's magical. I love it here, and uh, yeah, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. That's the, those are all the things I do. Happen to have a couple of kids who are uh, in in our van right now in the front yard uh, doing some schoolwork. So with my beautiful, amazing wife.
0: Sounds like you're in the middle of a pandemic, my friend.
1: Uh, you know, I guess I guess we are. Although this wasn't wouldn't be too too far out of the normal for us. Uh, other than my wife is at home and my kids aren't at school. So, you know.
0: Well, it sounds pretty cool to be in a pandemic in Nanya. So yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So welcome to the show. And let's get into your story here. Um, share something first. Uh, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life
1: actually know. Something personal that very few people in my business life actually know.
0: Make it provocative
1: and embarrassing. <laughs> oh, provocative and embarrassing. Okay. Well, that's easy. Uh, every year I do the uh, polar plunge uh, in a fur Speedo.
0: Fur? Like fur? A fur
1: Speedo. Like fur Speedo. I have an entire outfit that is uh, my wife made for me because she's, she's got mad skills. I have a giant wolf hat, and then I have this vest from the 70s with bone antler uh, buttons. It's big and furry, and then I have this furry speedo and these giant fur-rimmed boots, and that is, my, that is my polar plunge outfit every year. I've been doing it for 10 years. People are always fascinated, and they want to take lots of pictures, so sorry if you see a, a, a very pasty, wolfish-looking guy jumping in the water. That's probably me.
0: So, you're definitely a great outdoorsman. man, and you know, I got the quote for the show, I think uh my wife has mad fur making skills so that's, <laughs> she does. that's that's a very unique quote, okay, so let's get into your entrepreneurial story. uh you're a great outdoors guy, uh you know and and maybe not the typical um entrepreneurial profile type that most of us look for. Uh, You wear uh, fur uh, Speedos, you jump into (laughs) ice cold plunges and you make money. Wow. How do you do that? So let's get into your story here. Um, Take us back uh, year one, maybe two, maybe three, professionals at play. You started this firm. What was going on in your head? Why'd you start this? What was happening in your life? Paint us a vivid picture.
1: Well, I uh, I actually started off as a school teacher. Uh, I was a kindergarten teacher. And I know if you, you, you can see me, I don't know if anybody else can, but a big, furry, bearded guy. And uh, yeah, kindergarten was fun, and I loved it, but I couldn't get continuing contracts. And so every year I had to apply for a new job. So every year was a little bit different, and I was never guaranteed continuing work. And I happened to be also doing, in the summertime, uh, summer stock theater uh, at a professional theater here in Coeur d'Alene. And I met uh, a gentleman who became one of my dearest friends and he recruited me into the world of speaking. And the rest, I guess, is history as they would say. Uh, But I started off in the very first year and uh, I I only did seven speaking engagements in my first year. And then it slowly improved uh, year after year. Uh, And then eventually I ended up starting professionals at play because I wanted to work with not just students because I was speaking exclusively in the student world, I also wanted to include adults because they kept asking me to, to do that. And it, it is snowballed. And now it's, it's awesome. I love what I do. I get to play and have fun and work with people. And that's, that's my passion.
0: Love it. So year one, you did seven speaking engagements. Were they paid?
1: Those were paid engagements. Uh,
0: How much revenue did you turn year one from the seven talks?
1: For those Seven talks. I believe I was paid $800 a day. So seven times 56, is that 5,600? I'm not good at math.
0: Correct. Yeah. All right. So about Barely six enough grand. To, uh, survive. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I guess in Narnia, you don't need much money to survive. So, uh, all right. So six <laughs> grand year one, year two, what did it look like? Did revenue increase? How much did it increase?
1: Revenue increased, I believe uh, year two, I did six. 17, 16 or 17 speaking engagements. So more than double, which was awesome. However, not enough to live. Got it. Year, year three went up to about 35. And then year four, I was in the 55 to 60 range. And then- what did you do I last believe, year? Last year I did, I believe 75 speaking engagements, but my prices have gone up substantially because of skill set.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, revenue, gross revenue approximately last year? About 120. All right. You know what? If you're making 120,000 a year startup nation as a professional speaker, you're in like the top 10%. Would you say that's correct, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Right. Because I would say 90% of professional speakers, self-proclaimed professionals um, are making under 100K a year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You agree with Many that? Many
1: substantially less.
0: Many substantially l- less, right? They're in your year yeah. one and two. They're $17,000, 37000 et cetera. So if you're a speaker, we're going to get clear on what Jeff did tactically, strategically to increase um, his income, his speaking revenue to now $120,000 a year living in perfection land Narnia. Um, so Jeff, I want you to walk us through it. Like right out the gate, what are your top three tips or strategies for startup nation, especially in the speaking industry? However, startup nation, if you're not in the speaking industry, many of the the top three that I share on this show, um, these tips, these strategies are, uh, uh, universal type skills, meaning that they cross industries, right? Mm -hmm. So like, go uh, find your, your target audience, who's your ideal audience. Well, that that's every industry out there, mm-hmm. okay, as an example. All right, so Jeff, what are your top three tips and strategies for Startup Nation to cross the 100K this year in 2020?
1: Uh, I would say that number one is practice, practice, practice. Be amazing at your craft. And you don't have to be in front of a group of people to practice your craft. Tell me more. I, I spent, the very first time I did a speaking engagement, I had probably practiced that speech at least 150 times in front of a mirror. I was, I kept looking and how did I move my hands? What facial expressions did I use? I practiced and practiced and practiced because I didn't want it to suck. And I've got a great friend whose number one rule of, of success is don't suck. Whatever you do, don't suck. And That's, that's, that's important. If you're competent and confident in your skill set, no matter what the industry that will come through. So for speakers, practice, 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 and in any industry, practice, 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 that'd be number one. Mm -hmm. Number two would be stay consistent. Uh, Consistency, whether that's online, social media, building your business, the practice piece, getting in front of groups, whether how many calls you have to make, to get the leads that you need, to make sure that you close enough deals. Whatever it is, consistency is key in everything that you do.
0: All right, I and have then, to ask you a question. Let me go deeper with that one, stay consistent, because okay. we hear that one a lot, but here's mm-hmm. where we get in trouble,
1: mm-hmm. in
0: between our ears. Meaning, oh, yeah. meaning well, Jeff, I, I'm being consistent. I've been consistent in doing these things, these habits every single day for the past six months. How do I know if they're working? How do I know that they're the right things to be consistent in? How do I, I I see this person over there who's winning. They're doing it a little differently. Should I switch and start modeling what they're doing? How would you answer them?
1: I would say that's the shiny syndrome object, shiny object syndrome. Like, oh, look at what they're doing. I'm going to go do that and be successful. That's not how it works. Once you have developed your niche and you've identified your ideal clients and you have practiced, 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 be consistent and keep track of the numbers. The numbers won't lie. Like, what are you What are you tracking? How are you tracking your data? Like, are you every day? Great. You're reading for 20 minutes in a positive book or something that will help edify your mind mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, what are you doing that way? Those habits that you create in maintaining consistency will determine your success. And so you can't just look at what everybody else is doing. You can't initially say what are those things that they're doing to be successful? Are they similar to what I'm trying to do? Why recreate the wheel? But also you need to know how does it affect you and your outcome? So you can't just do everything. It's not like a, I, I've had a lot of people who have looked at it like, you know, I, I'm in Idaho, so we have a lot of firearms and shooting things. <laughs> Narnia, who knew? <laughs> and You know, it's typical, it's it's the shotgun blast, you're just trying to hit everything, or, you know, a sniper rifle. You got one target, one goal, one shot, and you have to be very specific and accurate in that shot. I say, you know what, the more specific and more accurate you can be, the better you are. Shotgun blast is gonna hit a lot of things, but not necessarily everything's gonna stick.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is practice your one shot practice 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 your one shot don't practice the multiple shots or different shots practice your one shot is that correct mm-hmm.
1: yeah yep
0: all right got it what's your uh your third strategy or top
1: tip my third strategy and top tip um and i believe this goes across the board for anybody is to seek the people that can help you out um for me it was coaching for me it was coaching it was having a um a speaking coach who happened to be a friend and a mentor and he would help me craft after every single speech. Cause we did a lot of work together at first. Um, he would look at how I said things, how I did things, the verbiage that I used, the cadence of my speak, the, the speech, the tone of my voice and those coaching sessions actually increased my speaking uh, ability so much faster than if it was just me on my own. So get a coach, uh, invest as much as you possibly can in yourself. Because if you do that, you will move faster, uh, further faster, exponentially faster than by trying to do it on your own. Life is not a a solo sport.
0: How did you stay motivated uh, while you're being consistent in year one and you made seven grand (laughs) and then year two, 17 grand? I mean, that's slow and you're barely getting by. It was very slow. So bills are, are, are still coming in. It doesn't look like you're putting a dent in it or hardly a dent. How did you stay motivated? What did you do on a daily basis to really keep yourself uh, practicing that one shot?
1: Well, I, you know, I know that you are a man of faith. I'm a man of faith also. And I truly believe that uh, I was put on this planet for a reason. And that was to help people. And that is my gift. That is my my God-given gift. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that everything that I do, everything that I have is because of the gifts that God has given me. And that alone helped me to move forward through the hard times because it just was, I mean, yeah, you can't make a living on $5,600 or $7,000. I had 16 jobs the very first year I was a a professional speaker (laughs) and I did those things because I knew that I was going to be a professional speaker. And I already had it in my mind. I already saw it and visualized it and had that positive uh, mental attitude of this is my career. This is what I'm doing. And I will do everything that I absolutely have to, to make it work. And it really took about, I'd say probably about five to six years before all of a sudden I was like, now I am what I would determine. uh, I deemed a professional speaker, meaning my money. All the income that I had was from speaking. I didn't have to have side jobs. And that's been that way for the last eight years, I believe. Seven or eight years.
0: That's so cool. How did you, um, or better question, was there a point where you wanted to quit, throw in the towel, and just give up?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. So much. The I would say about year two or three, um, I... I started getting teaching offers like, Hey, come, come at our school and you'll get retirement and you'll get your summers off and you'll have security. And the lure of the word security, the lure of that was really hard to, to, to turn down because we all as human beings, we want to be secure. But I looked at it as there's two doors and the door one is security. And you know, this is your guaranteed, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your paycheck and you're gonna work this many days a year, and you're gonna have these your responsibilities. And then I saw the other door as freedom. Really, it was freedom. And it's not secure, but it's an adventure. And I looked at the door one and I saw, oh my gosh, I can have security, I can have a, a teaching job, a full-time teaching job, and I can affect people and I can work in a school, which I love. But at the same time, I went. That's that's a that's a ball and chain. Once I get there, I can't leave. How can I leave that? It's 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 a prison. To me, that's what I I absolutely did not want that. And so I looked at that and I said, Hey, I have to go. I have to go through the door that's a, that's that's unknown, but is a chance for freedom.
0: What was that like to explain that to your spouse? I'm guessing at the time, who <laughs> tend to uh, want that security.
1: That was. I am, again, so blessed that my wife is the most amazing woman on the planet. Uh, She has been, again, she is a gift from God, and I am grateful every day for her. Uh, She grew up, and this is funny, before we got married, she actually told me, she goes, you know, I know this sounds strange, but I've always known I was going to marry someone that traveled for business. And I said, oh, well, that's, that's weird because I'm going to be a teacher. And I'm going to be at home all the time. So <laughs> that's not going to work. And she's like, okay. But then all of a sudden I started speaking and started traveling. And she's like, told you so. <laughs> and so it was, it was nice. I was lucky that I did have a person who was supportive. Uh, she was in college at the time as I was building this, this organization. And so she wasn't necessarily bringing in income. She had her sc- sc- uh, school loans. Uh, so at times we were surviving off of financial aid from from her college. I mean, it was it was slim pickings, but it was just the two of us. And I have a, a tiny little house, which was thank God it was again a gift from God. I bought a house for the price of a, a a nice car. And it's everything in my life. I have to say has been absolutely blessed and touched by God, and that's 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 I'm grateful for that every day.
0: I love that. I love your humility. I really do, Jeff. You know, so many times, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial space, uh, we hear the term self-made man, self self-made success. And, uh, we tend to believe it about ourselves that uh, I got myself here. Look at me, everybody check out my degrees, you know, check out my income, check out my car, check out my boat, my house, etc. And, and we place our identity in all those things. And what I'm hearing, from you is not that Um, I'm hearing that you have a deeper strength uh, because you know, you're, you know, your source and, and you know, you're not it. If that makes any sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really,
0: I really get that. So thank you for that. I really appreciate just that, that transparency and and the struggle of it all. Why do you think 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to get over the hundred K mark?
1: You know, that's a great question. I, I don't know if it's time and patience, if it's the practice piece, if it's, I think a lot of people are struggling because you just said it, they're they're trying to do this. They want to be the self-made millionaire. They want to be, look at me, look at all the things that I did. Life is a team sport. Business is a team sport. You look at any, any self-made millionaire and behind them is an entire team of people that help them get there, whether they want to admit it or not. They might've had a great idea, I mean, but you've got a ton of people that actually work together to make that dream come true. Maybe they're just the dreamer, but I know where my skill sets lie and there are so many things that I am terrible at in business. That's why I have help. If I can have help in the areas that are my weaknesses, I can focus on my strengths and that's why a team comes into play. I think a lot of people are trying to do it on their own They're trying to be everything to everyone and they haven't narrowed down the clarity of who they're supposed to serve. And as soon as they get to those points, whether that's this is my ideal client or this is the the industry that I'm breaking into, or these are the people on my team. I think until that point, people are going to struggle with trying to make that first hundred thousand dollars unless they have like the brilliant, most brilliant idea ever. And it's like, Oh my gosh, you just caught on like wildfire and I didn't even, I was just hanging on by coattails and trying to ride this thing out, but most of us are have to, we have to work at it.
0: Got it. What's the number one thing that you did um, that helped you grow your speaking profits
1: and income? I practiced. <laughs> I got real good at speaking. <laughs> I, I are a good speaker. <laughs> you know, that's that's the biggest thing is that I I practiced my craft. I got really good at it. And then I had consistency with my clients. And so it wasn't just a, I I tended to go year after year to the same places, to the same clients, because I provided an excellent service that they liked, that they wanted, that became a part of their culture. And that was important for just not only numbers, but in, in terms of increasing profitability, because I have a client list and then I'd add a couple more and then I'd add a couple more and I'd go back to the same clients year after year after year. And so that, that consistency piece.
0: So to clarify, you built, uh, your business on, uh, repeat business Mm -hmm. and you did that by really, uh, putting excellence into everything that you did or the one thing that you did, you did it so well that they wanted you back over and over again. They tell their friends about you, et cetera. You add a few more in, but you're constantly going right back to those same people with those same relationships that you invested in. Is that about right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like a more fun way of building a business than going out and chasing the next relationship, the next client, the next transaction. What do you want to say (laughs) about that?
1: I, I can't, I, who was I talking to? I believe it was, it was either yesterday or the day before I was having a conversation with somebody in the business world about this. And they, they said that the first time they meet somebody, they have absolutely no desire to turn them into a client. The only thing they want to do is get to know them. They want to get to know that person as a human being so that they can figure out how can I serve this human being it has nothing to do with being a client. They don't care. I don't care if they, they, he said, I don't care if they, they ever join my group. I don't care if they ever hire me. I want to know how can I serve that one person? How can I make their life better? And again, this is a, a, a person who's a believer. And his whole difference is, how do, I, how do I make a difference in somebody's life? And I believe that when we start to serve people at a, a deeper level than just, here's a product, it's the relationship that goes with it, uh, then it becomes fun because now you're doing business with your friends, with people that you not only know, like, and trust, but that you actually love and care about. Woo! Sorry. <laughs> so
0: what I'm hearing you say there is there's a distinction uh, between... Uh, chasing the, the transaction and then adding a relationship on top of it versus uh, chasing the relationship and then adding a transaction later, possibly, or a product. Mm-hmm. Two, two completely different intentions.
1: Oh, yeah. And I believe that people can, people can see that. People can sense that. They, they know when you want to sell them something versus they know when you're actually genuinely interested. And if you are truly interested in human beings as how do I help this next person? What do I do to serve this person? What do I do to make their life better? Um, I think that that comes through as genuine, authentic, authentic, authentic. <laughs> like I said, I'm a good speaker, <laughs> genuinely authentic engagement with another human being. And so many people, they just want to connect. They just want to be connected to another human being. They want, We are so distracted with all the technology and all the negativity in the world. People are looking for that relationship. And if you can provide that, no matter what your business, uh, I, I believe that your business will boom. Your business will go through the roof because you're serving people, not just servicing a product.
0: Startup Nation, Jeff McLaughlin, we're speaking with. You can find him at professionalsatplay.com, professionals com. He's allowing us to see who he really is, what he stands for, why it's working in his business, and how you could benefit from doing it in yours. So Jeff, uh, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir?
1: I am ready. Okay, I've got my switch your- on.
0: What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? The freedom. What's your least favorite thing?
1: The social media aspect of having to do everything to be in front of audiences.
0: (laughs) What are you most afraid
1: of? (laughs) That something bad would happen to my children.
0: Mm, Got that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given time, any, any moment of our life, Jeff. What are you struggling with, either professionally or personally, right now that you're willing to share with us?
1: Um, it's it kind of goes to both personally and professionally uh, right now with all the the negativity in the world with the the, uh, the times that we are in right now. It's insane. Uh, I am a hugger. I am a person who craves physical contact. I I don't care. The first time I meet somebody, uh, it's a handshake, a hug. I I, I I can go either way. For me, that social distancing piece has been really challenging right now. And I, I crave people. So I'm having a hard time being socially distanced from people. So I'm doing a lot of FaceTime and a lot of phone calls to try and, you know, edify my friends and myself and make sure that everybody that we're all still connected. That's I get that.
0: With. I get yeah. that. My bride, her number one love language is physical touch. So she said something very similar and I make sure to turn up the, the hugging and the kissing for her um, because mm-hmm. that's very important for her opportunity for you is, Hey, your, your wife and your kids get more hugs and kisses. Right. And uh, lots of snuggles, <laughs> lots of snuggles. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Oh, secret fear that I have about people. I don't know if it's politically correct to say this but individuals are smart groups are stupid
0: i get that (laughs) yeah the mob it's the mob mentality
1: oh my gosh it's insane it is really insane
0: got it what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business
1: worrying about what other people thought
0: boom what do you wish you had learned sooner in your business
1: to stop worrying about what other people think and focus on just being really, really good.
0: Love it. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: New habit I would like to form is, ooh, let's see here. I'd say new habit. I'd like to form. Uh, I would actually like to practice uh, a foreign language.
0: Got it. How about Nanyin?
1: That one's really hard. It's got some interesting sounds.
0: Yeah. What's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Uh, Bad habit I want to break is probably too much time on social media.
0: Mm -hmm. Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Who I am now. Optimistic, excited, driven.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were your first year
1: in business. Optimistic excited struggling
0: yeah struggling i get that and last question if you could come back to life jeff after you died look your family and friends your wife your kids in the eye give them only one piece about of advice about life eternity everything what would you say to them
1: oh you know i'm glad i've listened to your other podcast and i was ready for that question <laughs> because I I truly believe that it would be have fun and engage with people on a level that they have never known so that they know that they are loved and cared for in this world and the next. What a thoughtful answer.
0: Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100,000 this year?
1: Connect with people on a level that they've never understood or experienced before to let them know that they are loved and cared for in this world and the next. And that will take you to the next level.
0: That's powerful. What's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose?
1: They can find me at professionalsatplay.com or on LinkedIn at Jeff McLaughlin. Uh, that's G off McLaughlin as in Sarah McLaughlin, the singer. You will have to look that up because it's crazy to spell. Uh, or on Facebook, you can find me at Professionals at Play as well.
0: All right, and just so uh, I repeat that the website professionalsatplay.com. It cut out for a second, so professionalsatplay.com. Startup Nation, go find out more about Jeff. Get to know him in a real and authentic way. I believe he is that guy. He's he's real. He's genuine. He's authentic. He's not here to to show off or anything like that. He's just here to serve, and that's a a really great place to be. So Jeff, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your
1: life, sir. Thank you so much. God bless. And thank you for doing what you're doing. And everybody, good luck. Have fun. Cheers. Cheers. Startup
0: Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. we got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.